Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. On DAB, online, on the app, and on your smart speaker. Following on, Ash's Inquest on Talk Sport. What a performance. Well, where do you start? Did anybody see that coming? Even after all of the basketball series we've had so far today was something special. Hello, welcome to Manchester. This is following on Ash's Inquest. Myself, John Norman and Steve Harmison for the next hour and it's gonna be a golden hour after a day that will go down as one of the most astonishing in Ash's history. And it was a day that began with a bang. He had a luckless day yesterday, he toiled without reward, it hasn't taken long today. Anderson striking with the first ball of the day, the very next over woke celebrating a fiver, only to have overstepped. Six overs, 17 runs later, he did get his fiver, Australia bowled out for 317 and the remaining morning session was a nervy affair, plenty of plays and misses from Crawley and the wicket of Duckett. England 61 for one at the break, the match very much in the balance, but the afternoon session, anything but nip and tuck, Basball took full control. Crawley putting on 121 in 25 overs with the false number three Moeen Ali, and then accelerated when he was joined by Joe Root, and then this happened. Carved away on the offside, Crawley will sprint back for two surely. His fourth test match hundred, he has lit up Emirates Old Trafford and the crowd are right into it. By T, England uh, were 239 for two. They'd scored an incredible 178 runs in the session. And the runs, well, they just kept coming. Afterwards, Australia seemingly out for the count. Crawley taking England into the lead with a six was marching towards a double century before Green struck. Oh, he's dragged it on. Round the wicket and short has eventually worked for Australia and Cameron Green. And Zach Crawley has dragged on to end the magnificent innings of 189. Root uh, also looked on for a milestone moment, only to be scuttled by a ball that kept very, very low for 84. And that wicket 
and the variable bounce made just a focus England's minds a touch and got Mark Wood twitching in the dressing room. Stokes and Brooks saw out the remaining 15 minutes of play with that incident. England lead by 67 at the close. And if you thought day two was good, can you imagine what might occur on day three? You're listening to Following on Ashes Inquest, and this is TalkSport. Well, a big thanks to Sky Sports Cricket for those highlight set clips. Uh, and as I say, alongside me for the next hours, uh, Steve Harmison. Harmy, you've seen a lot of Ashes cricket. Uh, you've been on the field for a lot of Ashes cricket. You've been in your armchair for a lot of Ashes cricket. Um, uh, when you consider the pressure the batter was under, when you consider the state of the game, the series, just where does that Zach Crawley innings rate in the list of uh, the very best Ashes centuries you've ever seen? Yeah, it's one of the it's one of the best I've seen, especially when he went from, especially after lunch. After lunch, he was he was devastating after lunch, and you can see why that Rob Key and, and Zach Crawl um, and Brendan McCollum and Ben Stokes want him at the top of the order, and you want him in the team. And you, 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 the level of criticism that he's he's come under, some of it is just, but some of it, some players that have have played the game understands what Zach's got. They can see what Zach has potentially can give to this team Michael Atherton said as he was scratching his his guard at the start of his innings uh, this guy averages under 30 and he he does average under 30 but when he plays innings is like that and what he did against Pakistan when he got the double hundred you can see why they want him around and that like I said before the way he took the game away from from Australia in that sort of middle session and the last session was was magnificent I thought as a, as an innings as a whole the runner ball it, it, it's got to be up there with as, as good an innings you'll see in, in in Ashes cricket especially in recent times as well because I think in this series the ball has dominated the bat the ball has been very good in this series I think the bowlers have been on top for a lot of large proportion of this series and I think what we've seen today and I'd like to think this is a turning point for just not just for Zach Crawley but for the England cricket team I think we've seen the evolving of a lot of evolving of Baz ball in this game because I thought Australia's tactics were were, were poor I thought Australia's um, field positions were so defensive and I thought the way Pat Cummins and his team went about their decision making from a bowling point of view and their fielding was it was against what you know, England have been you know, haven't been able to take advantage of. I think what we've seen in this innings so far from England is when the belt the fielders went on the boundary, they took the risks to get the fielders on the boundary, and where in the first two Test matches it was like I want to prove a point, show you that we are still going to be this forceful team. Now they've evolved into a well. If you bowl, a, we're going to we're just going to hit the field. We're going to hit fielders along the floor. And if you over pitch or you bowl short, Zach Crowley, Joe Root, Mo and Ali punished them, and they punished them. The boundary ball was there, and they hit it. But the good ball was going for a single. The good ball that was would have normally gone to slip was going because there's nobody there, and that's the involvement of Baz Ball, which I think every England fan wants to see. And I think that is evident not only from this cricket team, but also the way Zach Crawley batted, along with two great innings from Mo and Ali um, and Joe Root. Yeah, 121 runs in just 25 overs between uh, in that innings, or rather the partnership between Mo and Ali who hit 54, and Zach Crawley. And then Joe Root came in, first ball he had a four, and uh, he was just in the slipstream. It was a surprise when he was out. It took a, it, w- it took an unplayable ball to get rid of him. And it wasn't unplayable because of the, the bowler, it was unplayable because of the pitch. 
I mean, that was a that was a pea shooter, uh, a pea roller. 84, he was out for Root. But Crawley's innings, 206 um, runs between Crawley and Root in just 29 overs. I mean, that is astonishing. What a rate to go at. And I don't know, Harmy. I mean, we saw we saw Australia really clueless at times during the 2010-11 Ashes. Um, they looked a beaten side. But here, they're winning. They were a beat. They were losing in that series. Here, they're winning. They are winning the series. They were 2-0 up. And I have never seen uh, a more frazzled-looking Australian side than one I watched today. Um, England's running was superb yesterday. Australia were turning down comfortable twos. They were taking comfortable singles. They hit 317 runs from 90 overs. I mean, if not for that wicket of route, I think England... You know, they possibly could be 100 ahead by now, and they've faced the best part of 15 overs less than that. It has been ridiculous from England today. Uh, started by Crawley, continued by Root, um, and that innings of, uh, of 54 by Moeen Ali as well. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, whatever happens, Australia may get away with this one, right? They may get out of this. They may win the Ashes here because of the weather on Saturday and Sunday. That might happen, but make no mistake about it, there's going to be some criticism aimed at the captain. And some of the body language from some of the Australian fielders here today just belied the frustrations. It's not all Pat Cummins' fault, but essentially it belied a team that seemed confused about what they were doing. They looked confused, they looked tired, they looked shot, they looked um, rudderless. Um, I hear to criticise Pat, Pat Cummins because of the cricketer that he is. He's, he's a brilliant cricketer. Uh, I, I look at the... You know, Steve Smith on the boundary, pointing, telling people where to go. I didn't have a spin bowling option. I don't blame them for that, to be honest. Uh, the way they've got the, you know, the. I, I just looked at it, but I, I want to give credit to England for all that. I really want to give credit to England for all that because everything you've said and everything you've described, is a hundred percent right. I think if England had played this way, and not gone the egotistical bad ball, all guns blazing. This could be England going 4 0 up. This could be England going 4 0 up. And I think that's the beauty about for me about the way this day has gone. I hope this is a I hope this is a a, a great day for English cricket and that dressing room is and Ben Stokes is telling and Brandon McCollum's telling that dressing room is you can be positive. You can play the the reverse sweeps, you can play the ramp shots. But when you get a field the way Australia have today, you can ball, you can give them a run around. And I thought that's what England did to Australia today. They met Australia look rudderless. They made Australia look tired. They made Australia look devoid of ideas. They put a lot of pressure on a, a captain who is now into his fifth back-to-back -back test match. And unfortunately, whether the wind got out of here with the, wet, with the weather, potentially could go to, us, to the Oval 2-2, having to make decisions again in four days after the, the test, this test match finishes to try and you know, win the Ashes. Um, I thought England did that to Australia today. So as much as I really want to have a go at Australia, and I'm going to have a go at them later on, but it's about England did exactly the same. I thought, I thought England today made Australia look bang average, and that is against the World Test Champions. That is against, against one of the best bowling attacks in world cricket. That's been described as the best seam bowling attack that Australia have ever had by large quarters of of uh, of the of the their own and and English media. I thought England England turned baseball into the next phase, which was absolutely brilliant for me to watch today.
Hey, how fitting was it after what we were talking about yesterday uh, with Chris Wokes being completely overshadowed by uh, that catch by Bearstow and Stuart Broad's 600th wicket? Continue today, you know. Mm. He took a five for here today, right? His first five for in Ashes cricket, second at Old Trafford. And he was annoyed with himself because he'd overstepped three <laughs> overs previously when he was uh, celebrating that Hazelwood wicket in the second over. And it's just Chris Wokes all over, isn't it? Even when he takes a fiver in an Ashes, first time he's ever done it, he's still a bit subdued about it because he feels he should have done it three overs previous. Absolutely. And that's just the mark of a man who, you know, he wants perfection. And he, you could see the, the love for him within the group. You could see the, you know, the, the want for him to get the disappointment when he did overstep. And then when he came through and got that, that fifth wicket, the joy from his teammates were were evident all there to see and he's been overshadowed again because Zach Crawley's come out and just knocked his five for off the perch and he's not going to do the media because you know, yeah. six, 600 test wickets for Stuart Broad last night, hundred a big massive 100 for Zach Crawley today, was it 189 for Zach Crawley today and Chris Wokes has got a five for on an honours board, which Jimmy Anderson's not on when he's played nearly 20 years there, um, Chris Wokes is going to be talking to himself in the mirror again later on tonight, thinking he's doing the media. Mate, Great man. Long may it continue. Absolutely. He picks up five and we don't even talk about it because uh, there's too many other amazing performances from uh, England players. Uh, you're listening to Following On. Uh, Ash's inquest. We're going to be joined very shortly by Jared Kimber. We're going to hear from Zach Crawley. Some really interesting stuff coming out of the press conference that's taken place in the room just down the corridor from me. Uh, we're not going to hear from any Australia players because they sent that uh, basically sent a Kiwi out. Um, so Dan Vittori's just been speaking for about a minute and a half. Uh, so we'll hear a little bit about what he has to say. Uh, Bumble uh, has uh, been chatting with Sam Ellard. He was with Rob Key actually as Zach Crawley approached 100. Uh, and he's got a funny little story, an interesting little story to tell. So uh, plenty to come on the show. Get involved as well. I mean, what, what more is there to say? What more can we possibly hope to see? What kind of declaration do you expect if there is one tomorrow? You're listening to Following on Ash's Inquest. We've got Jared Kimber alongside me. But let's just hear from Australian coach Daniel Vittori. He was asked about the challenges Pat Cummins faces as a bowling captain and uh, was full of praise for the Aussie skipper. I think it's different because the, the the games on such high octane in terms of this series and the way that England England play and, and how good they've been, um, particularly today, and they're, they're so aggressive and they take the game on. So it's a constant factor trying to marry up your own bowling versus the plans. Um, but I think through the whole series, I think Pat's been exceptional. Um, he, he likes he likes advice. He likes to, to talk to people around the group. You see him often with, with Steve Smith, so there's a, there's a lot of collaboration going on. I think it's just one of those sessions where we, we pushed exceptionally hard and, and, we, and England responded. And I think the amount of boundaries in particular, they were able to score even with the, the field set the way they were. We just weren't able to mitigate that run rate at all. So I, th I think he's done an exceptional job all, all throughout the series. Uh, that was uh, Australian coach Daniel Vittori speaking about Pat Cummins. Jared Kimber's alongside me. Uh, personally, I didn't have a clue what was going on at some point today. Uh, and it didn't look like the Australian fielders knew what was going on either. All the plans that the bowlers are supposed to be bowling to or who were supposed to be bowling because Australia have come in with this five-man bowling attack and we only saw three of them for, uh, for large parts of the day. Um, you know, how do you assess how Pat Cummins and Australia have gone today? 
Yeah, I don't think anyone knew what was going on. There was there was big periods where I was like, what what are they hoping is going to be a wicket here? Like, wh what is this field? Remember at one stage, Stark was bowling a bunch of half volleys and length balls outside off stump, and they had one slip in place. It didn't make any sense at all. Uh, I, I, I didn't really know what was going on. Look, Cummins looks roasted, right? He looks absolutely exhausted. He's bowling at, what, 84 miles an hour at one stage? You know, Harmy could come back and bowl at that speed. <laughs> it was, he, he just looked slow, <laughs> Uh, there were so many times when no one in the field knew where they were supposed to be um, going towards. And look, that happens occasionally, but it happened a lot. Josh Hazelwood at one stage looked up at Pat Cummins and said, you want, wait, you want me to bowl? You haven't even told me that you want me to bowl. And then Cummins ended up bowling that over. It was it, uh, really confusing. And, and the most important one is, of course, that Zach Crawley looked absolutely terrible against Mitch Marsh. And Pat Cummins decided not to bowl him in this test match until until uh, Crawley was well and truly on top and it was too late anyway. And straight away, Crawley didn't look as good against Mitch Marsh. Um, the whole thing was completely baffling. He, he just looked exhausted mentally and physically. Steady on, Jared, when you're saying I could bowl. You know, whenever I got asked you know, about still playing, the, don't think any side or any side in the world's got a shirt big enough to fit me at this minute <laughs> in time the way I'm going. So, let alone what I could potentially bowl at. But bowling, I, I don't, you might not have heard earlier in the show. I said this for me was a big, big day of England evolving baseball. When the when the boundary riders were out, England seemed to pierce the field. Tech what was on offer. The one crash bang wallop like reckless like they, they used to. And I think because of that. That's where we've seen the, I think, the, the technical deficiencies of the bowling unit at, at, of Australia, but also the captaincy of, of Pat Cummins on knowing what lines to bowl. Because before lunch, you're right, England, you know, Crawley looked as though he had, he had roller skates on. And that was the, can you get the ball on fifth stump and leave the ball there and let Zach have a go with the men in the, in the, sort of, in the ring? And all of a sudden, they come out after, t after lunch haven't had 40 minutes to make a plan and it didn't seem as though in that 40 minutes Daniel Vittorian don't get me started on that one has said that he speaks to a lot of people talks about what plans are what we need to do but it just didn't seem as though Australia had a plan anywhere through that day and they had a break for 40 minutes and then a break for 20 minutes yeah, I, I just, he's a defensive captain, right? And so we're not expecting Ben Stokes-like moves from him because it's just not who Pat Cummins is ever going to be. And he's not probably the most proactive captain either, I'd say. Um, and then, I mean, the amount of times in this series I've thought that they've waited for lunch or tea to make decisions uh, rather than just doing them on the field, I think is quite, you know, it's quite high at this point. But there wasn't. A strong plan there. They didn't seem to have any idea. And I look, I think we can all say that Zach Crawley played the incredible innings, but also say that had Australia just been on it and done exactly what they should have done to him, he would have been dismissed far earlier. Like I, th That's an acceptable thing to say. They didn't do it. They got the bowling plans wrong. They brought Travis Head on when they didn't need to bring Travis Head on. They didn't try Mitchell Marsh. Uh, I, I don't think they... I don't think they really ever were on top of what they wanted to do. Now, part of that has to go back to Crawley and also to Mo and Ali early on and then Joe Root uh, for putting the Australians off. But realistically, I just think the Australians did help them a lot. I, I think the Australians have actually had two really poor days. Um, it's interesting enough that they're not completely out of this game or, you know, because of them. Uh, but I think they've had two pretty poor days, all things considered. Looking ahead to day three... Um, you know, where do Australia go from now? I'm not just talking about bowling England out and then batting all day, but essentially they've 
that from the outside looking in, this looks like a side that has gone 2-0 up, not really having to do much, just essentially let England shoot themselves in their own feet. And then they're thinking to themselves, well, there's no chance we're going to lose three games in the bounce. They lose a close on at Headingley. Actually, they should have won that match. They come here to uh, Old Trafford and I still maintain they've picked a, they've picked a team with one eye on the weather and the other eye on not winning. Australia have gone against everything that makes them, if not the number one team of world cricket, certainly the World Test Championship finalists. And it looks like they are going to suffer for that defensive outlook, which has been on show since ball one. I don't know. I think they've been defensive for the whole World Test Championship and they just won it. So I understand what you're saying, but they are a defensive team under Pat Cummins. I know, I know, I can imagine what it's like as an English fan looking at this Australian team and being confused, but we've been watching them for a couple of years now thinking, well, this is kind of what they do. What I would say is that... Do they not? I mean, when you're... When not, not you're. When Australia are playing at home against South Africa, do they have two men out... Uh, both deep point and um, at backward square leg from pretty much ball one. They're, they've had some pretty defensive fields under Pat Cummins. I mean, it, that's what I mean. I, I don't think they've been an attacking team for quite some time now. And what about when they bat? Uh, when they bat, Travis Head's been the only one scoring quickly. So f- put it this way, David Warner's had a strike rate of 55 in the last three years. Right? They're not the team that, that, that we remember. Uh, but I put it to you, forget, forget their mindset and everything else. Who's in form in this Australian team right now? Stark, well, we saw him do his hamstring, his knee, and his shoulder today. I mean, he basically turned himself into Bruce Reed. Uh, Pat Cummins is absolutely exhausted. Uh, Josh Hazelwood, I thought, bowled okay today, but we haven't, he hasn't been brilliant in this series. Uh, Usman Quadra made runs at the start. Has he looked as good over the, uh, you know, the last few innings? I'd, well, I'll tell you what, if you put... Sorry, Harvey, I know you're about no, to no. come in here, but Usman Khawaja, if you were to put up his innings if he hadn't been dropped or edged between wicketkeeper and slip, hmm. uh, essentially scored... A great century in first innings. Yeah. And he's done nothing since. Exactly. And so Head Head is in form, I would say. And I would say Smith's in form. I know he hasn't made as many runs as you would... Uh, but you couldn't watch that innings the other day and say uh, Smith is not in form. So they've got two batters in form. Maybe one and a half bowlers in form. Uh, there, there's not a lot going on for them at the moment, right? And, and you know, they've, they've gone with Mitch Marsh... As a as a as an almost as a savior, and to be fair to him, I think he's played brilliantly um, so far. But Mitch Marsh wasn't even in their plans. Like this, that's an almost accident. They don't have a fully functioning team at the moment. And to be fair, England, pretty much everyone, even Moen Ali now, has done something for England over the last couple of tests. That's just not how Australia's playing. And uh, yeah, and John's asked what what potentially could happen tomorrow. I think my question to uh, to our Australian Talk Sports Australian: What gives you confidence that Australia can win the Ashes? Because you just mentioned, you know, people are out of form. But you, what I would hold my hopes on would be a bowling attack that a captain is, you know, is knackered, and you've got you know one of your premier fast bowlers in in Mitchell Mitchell Stark, who's just fallen on his shoulder. Here's a wood look as though he was short of short of any energy at all. What gives you a, a, a hope that England, that Australia can win the Ashes from here? Rain. <laughs> Rain rain's a huge one, and let's not lie about that. But I would also say, Harmy, that the, the bowling attack Australia has is probably going to be better if this pitch is up and down. It's more suited to an up and down pitch than probably the England bowling attack is. So that if if yeah, it, but, let's, uh, yeah but England are potentially going to bat once on this. No, wow. I do, I still think. I still think Australia could probably knock them off for another 100, 120. Um, and then I, I don't think, I don't think, I think Australia will, 
should be pretty confident at making some runs and getting England back into the field. Whether they can, uh, sorry, getting England back into bat again. But whether they can get enough to take advantage of the pitch, if it does, I mean, if it's falling apart like it is now, Hummy, it's going to be pretty bad by Saturday or Sunday if yeah. we get that far. But and that would be 180 in front if you're saying they get them out for another 120. Exactly, and I think that I think that is a big big issue from that perspective. But uh, but if the wicket is going to fall apart and Australia is bowling last on it, I still think that does give them an advantage if they can any way get a lead but honestly it is rain at this point isn't it it's what 22 millimeters on saturday and 18 millimeters on sun and if you need that in inches it's a lot of rain and three days in between <laughs> yeah so so i i think you know from from that perspective england's in a really really uh, good position but i i did think this pitch was getting very difficult to bat on tonight uh, I, I, I did think it had changed a, l- a little bit. So, uh, you know, Australia, if they come out a little bit more refreshed tomorrow, if Mitchell Stark's uh, arm is still actually in its socket and Hazelwood can hit some good form, Australia still has a chance. I don't think they're completely out of this game. And that's what I said. I think they've played two pretty bad days of cricket and they're not out of this test. If they play two really good days of uh, cricket here, it'll be quite interesting. But uh, who knows what the weather will allow for and what the conditions will do. But I, I was a bit surprised that the wicket was playing that bad this early on in the game. Uh, Jared, thank you very much for your time. Uh, we'll let you go and uh, write up whatever piece you're about to write up. It might be about Crawley, it might be about uh, Australia's um, captaincy. I don't know. We'll just go and check out Jared Kimber's Substack or YouTube channel. Uh, he'll be back. Uh, so will we. Very shortly, we're going to get uh, more golf updates. We're going to hear from Zach Crawley um, and we're going to hear from David Lloyd as well. You're listening to Following On, Ash's Inquest. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You're listening to Following On, uh, Ash's uh, Inquest with myself, John Norman, and also Steve Harmison. Earlier today, Sam Ellard who's been with me again today here at Old Trafford. Caught up with a man who's uh, well, he played a lot of cricket for Lancashire, a lot of cricket for England, um, and he's uh, here commentating for SEN. David Bumble Lloyd, and uh, he asked him what he made of today's play. 
It's been fabulous uh, from England and from Zach Crawley, from Moyne Alley, from Joe Root as well. No, I've not seen anything like it. The other thing, I've never seen anything like an Australia side so ragged, devoid of any ideas. The captain just stood there, double teapot, players not knowing where they're going, arms waving all over the place. So England have absolutely battered them. Talk to me about Zach Crawley, though, because he did come into the series under a bit of pressure. You know, numbers weren't great. A lot of people saying he's lucky to still be in the team. Talk to me about the knock. How impressive have you been with the way he's applied himself and gone after it? Well, they've backed him, haven't they? The team have backed him. The selectors have backed him. They knew there was an international cricketer in there. 200 against Pakistan. Quality player. Just gets out in silly ways. Not in this game. He's come of age. He's averaging well over 50 against one of the best attacks that there has been in Australia. But not during this game. They're all over the place. Crawley played sublimely, powerfully. In an opening batsman for England, they've found one now. He's going to be in there. He's got a lot of credit. And I've seen Rob Key up here today. Yeah, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't spoke to Rob yet, but I'm sure he'll be sat there watching this, well, thinking, there we go, I told you all. Sam, I went in and sat with him for a while, and he's usually just very phlegmatic and just lets it wash over. He got to 80, Crawley got to 80, and Rob Key just said, get another 20. <laughs> um, which, you know, what you're looking for is put all that negative stuff to bed. I mean, he's still in there when I'm watching now. He's still in there, well over 150. I have never, ever seen an Australia team like this. They've not a clue. And do you know what? We'll talk about Australia shortly, but it seems a long time ago now. But he always seems to get overshadowed. But we should give Chris Wokes as well a lot of praise. He bowled very well yesterday. He did get his five-wicket haul this morning. Is he one of England's most underrated cricketers of all time, Chris Wokes? Yeah, and a Mr Dependable, and in football terms, he's one of them utility players which you dread. You don't want to be labelled as a utility player. He has a fabulous record in England. The one thing I like about him, he's a captain's dream. This end, that end, any time, no tantrums. You know, you just what you see is what you get, and it's what there is on the can. He's just straight up and down, a little bit of movement this way and that way and a good line and length which makes them play. And what about the Aussies then? How poor have they been in the field with the ball and what have you made of of Pat Cummins' captaincy? Uh, Nothing. I think the thing that they've missed, and it's sad, I'm I'm sad that they've missed Nathan Lyon. That's disrupted the whole thing because you need some control from one end. Now, they always got it from Shane Warne mm-hmm. and then from Nathan Lyon, who's carried on. You get control at one end and you can go away with your seamers. He doesn't have any control, Pat Cummings, at either end. England have run amok. I've, I've, I'm staggered that, you know, this is a team that are usually up and at him. You know, OK, you're going to throw some at, at us. We'll throw plenty of stuff back at you. They're static in the field, arms waving everywhere. Steve Smith coming up for a chat and pointing, David Warner having his two penneth. And so in England, there's a lot of thought, oh, will they declare? No, keep them, demoralise them, keep them going and get some wear and tear into this pitch. So you think, was there any point today you thought, declare today, try and be really super ultra aggressive and have a go at Australia because of the weather? I've thought that many times because it's Stokes and yeah. McCullum. But, you know, the easy way or the, the sensible way or the traditional way, bat them out of the game, put them under pressure, batting in the third innings. We bat once, you're going to bat twice, we're going to win and we'll see you down at the Oval. Brilliant stuff. Uh, David Bumble Lloyd speaking with Sam Ellard. 
I Sam, he, he was on my case all day, Harmy, saying that Stokes is going to declare tonight. He actually started to freak me out a little bit. I was like, <laughs> surely not. I mean, it would have absolutely ruined my day if uh, England had got like 25 ahead and then Stokes had had 15 minutes at Australia. But you just don't know what's going to happen with this England team. I'm pleased to say that didn't happen, though. And possibly that dismissal of Joe Root with that ball that kept very, very low, maybe just put something in the England mind to think, hang on. If at all possible, if we do have to bat again, we'd rather be chasing 50 or 60 rather than giving an Australia a chance now. Yeah, absolutely. There's no way that Stokes, even even McCullum and Stokes, was going to declare tonight. I never for one minute thought that would, would ever happen. Um, you bat once, you bat big. That's the positive. The positive move is to say, right, we're going to get, you've got 317, we're going to get 520, 530. That's 200 not behind. We're going to stand here and we're going to tell you how much scoreboard pressure you're under. We're going to bowl you out. And if we have to chase you know, a few at the end, then we'll chase a few at the end. But the scoreboard pressure, when you are so far behind in the game, I think that adds to decision-making that, that will come from an Australia point of view. So there was nowhere even, even McCullum and Stokes were even thinking of declaring tonight, especially with the artillery they've got and the ability to... There could be 220, 230 in front by 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. And they could bowl out. They could win tomorrow. They could... 3 o'clock? You know, yeah. They, England, could be, England, they could be 200 ahead by lunch, mate. Yeah, well, yeah. And then, and then if they're still batting, they declare at 3 o'clock with 250 in front, 300 in front, and there's a lot of time in the game left. There would be still 50-odd overs left in the game there. You know, if the wicket is deteriorating, if there is clouds that come over, that's the, the state of Australia's dressing room, how tired they look tonight, and if they get run around again tomorrow, scoreboard pressure, you could see England bowling them out even possibly to, tomorrow night. I, I agree. I thought that Jared, after day one, was uh, slightly more positive about Australia's chances on day two than I kind of gave them credit for. And again, I thought he was a little bit more positive than I would have been about Australia's chances on day three. England, uh, you'd have to say, even if it doesn't go all their way tomorrow, they're going to add 100 um, before they get bowled out. 180 ahead. I mean, with Australia looking as ragged as they were today, well, anyway, we shall see. Uh, Zach Crawley, though, he's just been speaking. Let's hear what, a little bit of what he had to say um, because it's really, really interesting. He says, under any other captain, he wouldn't be playing. So to pay uh, the likes of Ben Stokes and Brendan McCollum back means a lot. It's fair to say I, under any other coach or captain, I probably wouldn't be playing this series. So um, to be back by them it gives me a lot of confidence. And they've always said to me, just don't worry about being consistent. Just try and go and win games for England and... Um, It'd be really nice if we win this game and hopefully I've contributed to that. But it was a long way to go. Yeah, there is still a long way to go, of course. But, you know, just like Zach Crawley, you know, and uh, Moeen Ali as well, talking about false number threes and all of this. You know, he went out there, he scored 54 today. He looked really good as well. And to be honest with you, he didn't middle a ball as, bet as, as well as he did to the one that actually saw him dismissed, which is just the way cricket seems to be at the moment. But, you know... They've revolutionised the game in so many ways. Bearing in mind they are 2-1 down with two to play. But to insist that a player should be selected time in, time out, despite the fact that he's averaging under 30, and he very rarely does it for England, but backing him because they felt that when it really mattered, he was going to come good. And hey presto, a year on, that's exactly what has happened. Moeen Ali brought back into the into the side, essentially via WhatsApp, and is playing number three here, despite the fact that was his first 50 since 2019, 
um, and he puts on 120 with Zach Crawley. I mean, I, for sure, did not think at the start of this Ashes series I'd be talking about Stuart Broad, Chris Wokes, Zach Crawley and Moeen Ali as being England's saviours. It's crazy, isn't it? You know, we've said we've said over the last you know the, over the, the last few weeks on this show about Stuart Broad was in Last Chance Saloon Bar in in Ireland. Chris Wokes wouldn't play if Ben Stokes could bowl. You know, he wouldn't play if Ben Stokes could bowl because the the the, the, the options are the same. So he, when you went to five five bowlers, you know, that all round option was was there, evident for for Chris Wokes to fit in that slot, and him and Mark Wood coming in changed the um, changed the outlook of the England bowling attack. England have had two big major injuries, you know, in, one before the series and one in the series, and that was to a number three and a frontline spinner, and Mo and Ali's filled both both roles in, a, in a, such a positive way in this game, and I still think that Mo and Ali had a lot to do with Zach Crawley in that in that middle middle session, in that middle passage, just that common influence. I think Zach Crawley, he's thanked Brendan McCullum and he's thanked Ben Stokes, and rightly so. Rob Key will get thanked for it as well, I'm sure, for sticking by him and seeing the ceiling level and seeing what Zach can achieve. Um, he will always be under scrutiny for the way he plays until he finishes playing. That's just inevitable for Zach Crawley. But the mindset of the boy is brilliant. That he's just external noise, not interested in. These guys believe me. This captain loves me. This coach wants me to bat this way. I'm going to go and do it. And if I do get out in, a, in, a, in a, an unusual way or a, a way that looks embarrassing, so be it. This is the my game plan. And today, he's, he's arguably one of the best Ashes hundreds of, uh, of all time. So for that, you know, all the things are falling in place for for Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum because they're backing their players. They've backed the team and the team are, are responding to that. And that, for me, is just them them four players that you've mentioned and they've been ably backed up by the whole lot. And I still sit here now, like I said earlier in the show, England could be going up 4-0 up if they had just played this way in the first two test matches as opposed to wanting to show the world that basketball was this this you know this this great way of playing this you know the showman like egotistical way of of arrogant attitude and, and and I mean that in every respect that it was arrogant some of the way that you know they played in the first two test matches these last two test matches they've been more calculated they've made better decisions they've had Australia up by the ropes and when they've got their foot on the throttle bang they've nailed them and for me that's why they're potentially going to go 2-2 I cannot believe I'm about to ask this question Harmy but do you think if England manage to come back from 2-0 down and they are to win 3-2 they will get their own bus parade through London and fill out Trafalgar Square in the same way that you guys did in 2005 and if the answer is yes will they also be uh, granted a trip to Downing Street and who will be taking a little trip to uh, use a flower pot as a toilet amongst <laughs> this England team? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. If they do get a bus trip, I'll happily drive it because they would de- deserve it from coming back where, where they were. Um, I, I hope they do. I really hope they do because they've captivated the, um, the, the, the nation. And I tell you who the, we, did in, we did as well in 2005. We took the, the, the women's team with us as well because they were magnificent in that summer. And I think the women who Kate Cross has been on TV today, they, they have been excellent in this summer as well. So if it's a long way off and a lot of ifs and buts and England are still a long way from even getting back to 2-2. But if England were to win this series, I tell you what, 
I think I think there'll be uh, there'll be a lot of people, even if the bus parade wasn't planned. I think there'll be a lot of people in Trafalgar Square off the back of that oval test match, just waiting for them anyway. And trip to Downing Street, trip to the, the Palace. Well, we didn't really want that. Um, unfortunately, some of them might unfortunately have to go. Um, and I think it would be right and just because of the, they have got the the whole country um, talking about cricket again, which is great. Brilliant stuff. Um, look, still got some more to talk about here on the show. We're going to hear another couple of nice lines out of uh, the Zach Crawley press conference, and we're going to be crossing for another uh, Royal uh, uh, another golf update uh, from Hoylake as well. Uh, you're listening to Following on Ashes Inquest on Talksport. Well, we may still have eight full days of Ashes action ahead and somebody literally exploding on the pitch is pretty much all we've got left to see because we've seen pretty much everything else. Uh, let's hear from uh, the main man today, though. Who would have thought Zach Crawley, uh, four tests in, would be leading uh, the run scoring charts uh, across both sides in the Ashes? Thanks hugely to his knock today of 189 uh, and he's been uh, speaking today and comparing his style to that of his coach Brendan McCullum. We, we chat a lot and he's really good at that having those little conversations with you about playing and I understand what he means I feel like in, in some ways we are similar um, where I'm at my best when I'm attacking and trying to put pressure on them and so is he and he maybe wasn't the most consistent but he played some incredible knocks um, I think that's what he wants from me as well and um you know, as long as they want that from me, I'm more than happy to, to take that punt at the top of the order. Brilliant stuff from Crawley today. I tell you what, uh, we've seen angry Johnny Bairstow at times in this series and in series gone by, uh, but we would have seen him possibly be the one who literally explodes if Ben Stokes had declared before letting him get out there because you can imagine he wants to get out there and have his bat as well before this innings is done. Yeah, absolutely, and, and, and it is. It's a Brook and, and Bairstow will want to feed off um, Zach Crawley because they've had some criticisms in the uh, in this Ashes series. So from that point of view, I'm sure that a lot of the England players will want to get out there and feed off the back of what, what Zach's done. I'm, I'm really pleased for Zach. I, I am. I've got a lot of time for this lad, and he, he, he has got so much talent, but I'll tell you what, he has got more than anything else. He has got natural talent, but he's got some mental strength, mind, to put up with the stuff that he's had to put up with, to have people calling for his head. I mean, I mean, not once or twice, I mean on hundreds of times, and, you know, and keep getting having a go at, and why are we picking him this, and what he's just Rob Key's mate, and that, all that stuff. This is what this boy can do. And yes, we want more consistency from it. It will be. Yes, he will get criticised between now and the end of his career because he will get out in, in ways which doesn't look, it doesn't look good. But I tell you what, when he can play a day's cricket like he's done today, you know, let's encourage the boy to try and be the best he can be because that wins cricket matches for England and that potentially wins Ashes in the future as well. Mm, well said. And in fairness, we have both been critical. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like we're just pointing fingers at other people. Uh, we've only got a couple of minutes left in the show. Let's look ahead to day three uh, here at Old Trafford. Now, let's put to one side that we want England to score runs and then take wickets. How many runs, if they're not bowled out, how many runs and how much time, if we're going to have a washout on Saturday and potentially one on Sunday... What time do you think tomorrow does the declaration come? And how many runs ahead do you think England need to be? I actually think the way, the way Ben thinks, I think Ben will be looking around about three o'clock tomorrow. Because I think then he'll feel as though he's got 
200 runs in the bank plus and he'll also have one eye on if the wicket goes up and down we could actually bowl him out tonight and take the weather out the equation and I think that's the way Ben's got a Ben's will think this he will say if we can bat till three o'clock we're 200 runs in front and we shouldn't lose from we should we should win from here even if it rains for a little bit because we can take it into Sunday but I think with a with an outside chance of giving them 50 overs to 50 overs to bat a uh, bowl tomorrow will put a you know a huge dent in if they get you know a bang bang of wickets that's what this team are good at so I would imagine around about three o'clock tomorrow we might see a declaration from Australia's point of view do you know what? If they're going to lose, they might, they might be, it might be better for them to lose in, within an innings because then their bowlers finish bowling tomorrow at 3 o'clock and then if they don't have to bowl again until the Oval and that gives them a chance to boot up because at this minute in time, I'm looking at Stark, I'm looking at Hazelwood and especially the captain, he looks, he looks tired, they look shot. So if they're going to lose... <laughs> Don't really want to go out there and bowl ten overs in a losing cause. You know, not write it off because Australians don't do that, and you don't do that. But it might not be a bad thing if from from an Australian point of view, from a bowler's point of view, that if they lose by an innings, it gives their bowlers a chance of at least at least five days where they can get themselves recovered, ready to go for the oval. Um, and and what hopefully from an England point of view will be a two-two and it'll be an absolute humdinger down in London. We shall see, Harmy. We shall see. The new ball is uh, not that far away. Mitchell Stark and Pat Cummins nipping out Stokes and Bairstow early. And suddenly, maybe Australia are back into this contest. But as things stand, as uh, day starts to turn to night at, at Old Trafford, England wouldn't have dared dream to be in the position that they find themselves in after day two. A lead of 67, six wickets in hand. Uh, batting still to come. A tired Australian bowling lineup as well. Could this really be over on day three? Could it really be 2-2 going to the Oval? Well, never write anything off under McCullum and Stokes. Uh, we are where we are, and I look forward to uh, being where we are this time tomorrow. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 